You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number eight. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen, and I'm back with Chris Field. And Chris, Hi, everybody. Chris, we're on part two of a hastily designed two-part series because we just had so much to talk about with our guest, Jack Thurston. Look, when we talked to Jack last week, I think it was obvious straight away that after 30 or, or more years, he has a wealth of knowledge on this, and this is really pertinent to our audience. I mm. think there's a lot of men who, if they don't have a personal experience of, of fatherlessness, they actually will encounter men around them that it, that'll, they'll need to know a lot about what to do with this. So, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to test you out here, Chris. So see how well you are listening. How well you're listening. What did we, what in brief, what did we cover on that first episode? Well, I think I, I was impressed by just the huge amount of statistical information there is to show that fatherlessness impacts people's lives in terms of the people in prison, inmates, drug addiction, suicides, depression, uh, huge, uh, disproportionate, um, quantity of people that suffer from all those range of things are actually people who have had a fatherlessness experience at some point or other. We also covered the fact, of course, that there are people that are fatherless because the dad is simply not there, but we also have the issue of people that are fatherless because the dad's in their home, but there's not that emotional connection. And of course, as you pointed out, I believe, when we talked about this last week, the, the uh, culture today is just so much committed toward uh, uh, remarriage, divorce, uh, parents looking to be happy, that they're not really conscious of the impact that that's happening on the kids. And Jack was able to really tune us in to just the tremendous impact. And I was really impressed. I think the two words, it was shame and guilt. Uh, guilt. That's right. The shame and guilt as these, these underlying currents that kind of sit in the life of a person, mm. man or woman, uh, through their life. And they're uh, debilitating. They're yeah. debilitating. They stop you. And, and, and Taking action and fulfilling your potential. Jack was talking too about the iceberg where a lot of this stuff we measure statistically mm. um, is really just uh, showing the surface of what really is, is much harder to measure, but is there and, and will take people to their grave unfulfilled uh, without really um, being able to be the people that God created them to be. So I'm really keen as we get Jack back on the program again, that, that we, we begin to unpack uh, the, the, the message of hope and, and direction for people either that have experienced this or that are working with others. And I just really appreciate Jack's uh, commitment. So, Jack, welcome back to the program. Uh, welcome, Chris. Welcome, Guy. And, and hello, audience. Now, are you ready to solve all the problems in the world right now? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> well, it was just great that you could be, make yourself available again. So mm. can we pick up the question then of, um, what are the things that men who are suffering from uh, the, this sort of debilitation uh, need to look for? What, what, if, if I've had a fatherless experience, fatherlessness has impacted me, what should, what should be one of the things I do? Just one sec, though. Before we ask that question, shouldn't we just ask, how do I know if I've been impacted okay. by fatherlessness? Should we do that question first? Let's do that question first. Can we do that Jack, one first. Take two. So if we've got a man, we've got a man, on the, we've got a man listening who... Hasn't had a father around, but he's, he's thinking, oh, I'm okay. You know, uh, I've got by, I'm, you know, I'm a successful executive. I've got, oh, I've got my own business and I'm married and I've got some kids. How do I know if fatherlessness is impacting me? Can we answer that question first? 
Fantastic. If you are in a beautiful, loving relationship, you feel great about yourself, you're happy, you're vital, you're comfortable with who you are physically, mentally, lifestyle, then you certainly don't have a father absence issue at all. Even if you did not grow up with a father, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, but guy, great question because so much of what we're dealing with with father absence is in a gray area. Uh, I think we, we, we covered in the, the earlier last week's interview that, that, you know, some people can grow up in these environments and go on to lead successful, happy, fulfilled lives. However, for the majority of people, it's a different story. And, and so, um, and th there's one question that, that I've been also asked where, well, what is the level of fatherlessness? Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you have a father who's a workaholic and, you know, he's there, but he's not there and all that, at what point is he, are you fatherless and whatnot? And, um, that to me really comes down to an individual case by case. Some people, some children really need a lot of attention and father figure involvement in their lives in developmental stages. So you might need a lot of it when you're five, mm. but when you're seven, you might not. But when you're nine, you might need a lot again. But where other children or, or adults might not, you know, um, it's a really individual feeling. Um, and that's a difficult thing because um, I went through most of my life not thinking I had, I sort of felt different, but I would never have gone searching online for anything like this or, um, yeah, it was more, um, uh, yeah, it was just a, an internal drive, I suppose, to go and find my father. So uh, it's a very interesting question. So just to help me then, what's, an, what's a really typical personality obviously there'll be all kinds of variations but you someone comes to your group and you look at them and you think wow you are a classic uh, absentee father personality what would that tend to look like um generally what i see there is a lot of unrealized potential inability to really connect with themselves and with others on a very very deep level because relationships are, are, are we're human we, we, we are, by design, we're, you know, we are designed to be as part of a, a community. It, it's where we're at. Um, uh, quick neuroscience lesson for, for anyone who wants to know about this stuff back there. When you are born, sorry, when you are conceived, your brain develops in three primary areas. So this is an oversimplification. Again, please give me latitude, but, but it's, it's a powerful uh, lesson. So if everyone at home puts up their hand and puts their thumb in and closes their fingers over the top, so your wrist is your brain stem. Your thumb, ideally you'd have two, but for this example, we'll just go with the hand that we've got, is your limbic brain. Your fingers that run over the top are your cortex, including your neocortex. So that's your first lesson in neuroscience. This is fundamental. And, and a, um, uh, uh, a doctor, uh, well, Professor Dan Siegel, um, who is a fascinating neuroscientist out of UCLA, 
came up with this model and he uses it and he calls it his handy model and he has a lot of fun with it. So it, this is developed by, by one of the leading neuroscientists in the world. So when we're born, our brain stems the survival part of our brain. It's the part that goes, if a, if a saber-toothed tiger comes out, I'm out of here and it gives me everything I need. It's on. You can't turn it off. It's, it's functional. Our limbic system when we're born, and this is the emotional part of our brain. This is the relationship part of our brain. It is 50% developed at birth. And it continues to develop until around the age of 23 to 26. Bit of variation there between where, where that's at. And its development is fundamentally affected both structurally and, and in, in how we express it by the richness, the variety, and the number of relationships we experience in our lives. So your brain, think about this carefully, your brain develops differently by the, the variety, the depth, and the number of relationships you have. In fact, there are schools of thought that say all learning is deeply relationship-based. Now, this goes back to what you said last week. You're talking about how uh, I think the expression other people use is it takes a village to raise a child. Children in the past were raised in a village. That was already rich with relationships. Now people are actually growing up in a very lean relationship context. Absolutely. And, and funnily enough, I, I saw just the other day a beautiful picture and it was of a school playground in the 1900s. So I might go off a track here and, and, and um, again, gentlemen, I'll, I'll let you pull me back in if I go. But I saw this picture and if I can give you a, a verbal representation, this was a typical school playground in the 1900s. And it had a number of bars that raised up 20 plus feet in the air. There were a variety of ladders leaned at about a 45 degree angle so you could imagine how long those ladders were. And there were two or three children on one side of it and one child underneath it hanging on. There were children swinging. They were all over it. And you could imagine if that would be shut down under a lawsuit so quickly in today's life. <laughs> when I saw that, it was about risk. It was about um, consequence. And in a lot of ways, we've sterilized. So that village had a lot of risk and consequence. Yeah. You did something wrong. Your mum and dad might not have seen it, but your uncle Billy did. And he gave you a clip across the ears. You know, you, you did something wrong then. It had consequence. And consequence was pretty swift. Yeah. And you learn. You learned values. You learned respect. You learned a lot of things. You had a relationship with the village. So you felt safe, even if your parents were away. In this playground, you didn't hang on. You fell down. You might have broken a leg. You know, I, I don't think anyone, well, maybe someone died. But you, people, I mean, there, there are accidents all, you know, probably the most dangerous thing we ever do is drive in a car. I mean, so life's risky. You're not going to take that away. But there was consequence as a result of this. And that consequence has largely been taken away from us. And, and so... Um, and, and likewise, the, these consequences for our emotions, these consequences for our beliefs, these consequences for our actions, um, 
we don't see them anymore. Mm. So what you're suggesting to us then is that the brain, this limbic, did you say, part of our brain? Limbic. Limbic, out of the relationships we actually have with people. And you're suggesting then that if the father is absent in a, in a particularly critical part of our life, that may affect that development? It, it, absolutely. That, that, that's where the science is going. Um, and there are some brilliant people working on this right now. Um, uh, Carl Anderson out of UCLA is leading this research um, globally. Um, and they are looking at, at, at developments of, uh, I won't go into the, the, you know, a lot of the technical terms, but, but there's an element within inside the limbic system, the amygdala, and, and they are now looking at measuring you know, the, the breakthroughs in science right now. We have never had the depth of knowledge on how we develop physically, emotionally, psychologically, uh, and, and particularly neurally as our brain. Um, that we do now through the imaging techniques that they have. And, and they can take pictures, um, uh, heat sensitive. Um, uh, my own children have had these. I've seen amazing results of this, that you can actually see areas of, of the brain and how they interact. And, and, and this science is, is just groundbreaking. Now, let's come back to a word that I heard you use earlier, and you've used it last week in our program, about the loss of potential. Somebody made the statement to me years ago, and I had never really stopped to give it a lot of thought, but it stuck in my mind, that one of the remarkable things about Jesus was he called forth the potential that was in people. He, he went to people that others ignored and could see. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that somehow the absence of a father in our life somehow squashes or, or denies us the opportunity to really find that potential. Yeah, absolutely. And what a great analogy for father and, 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 and father. Um, uh, one of the ways I, I, I think about it now is that uh, if I have the, I was told a story of, of this man who had a, bought a beautiful property, country property, and, and he had a very long road that led into his, into his, um, his beautiful house on this gorgeous country property. And he immediately said, I need um, this road lined with beautiful, tall, straight trees because um, that will show my neighbours that, that this is a stunning property. And there was a, a great deal of, of pride and, and, and uh, elements like that around this. And so he had these trees brought in and they were, uh, they were semi-matured at the time and, and the, all the holes were dug and they were perfectly aligned and put in exact place and the soil was made sure that it was rich and, and all the nutrients and all the food was put into these trees and they grew remarkably quickly, remarkably quickly. And so very soon, in a, in a, a, a far shorter time than, than what would normally have been the position, he had his road lined with these beautifully looking physically matured trees just looked stunning and he sat there and he looked at this road and I've done it now everyone must just be so envious of my beautiful path and a storm came along and without exception every one of those trees blew over because their roots hadn't developed they hadn't had the they, they hadn't had the the struggles and, and, and the challenges that life naturally gives us 
And, and I think what you were saying before about Jesus bringing forward our, our, our potential, that potential is honed by challenges. Mm. Life is not always easy. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't believe that it's meant to be absolutely difficult all the time either. But, um, uh, but, but what I'm seeing in society so much is that we have these physically mature beings, men. Well, I won't say they're men. I'll say they're adults. I'll say they're physically mature adults, but they haven't. Their, their, their structures, their fundamental psychological structures, their root systems have not developed to the level to match their physical maturity. Mm. And, and, and that's where that potential is not being seen. There, there isn't a greater purpose being called on them because part of being a, a, a real man to me is, is a part of surrender, is a part of realising that, that I'm... I'm mortal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a mortal. I don't live like a, you know, a young 20 something year old. I mean, their risk taking behavior, it's part of their neural development, so many other aspects, but uh, you know, these, um, these very, very young men. Um, yeah, they'll take risks that, that none of us, I would imagine would ever take because we've reached our mortality. Yeah. We know, um, uh, you know, I saw a quote uh, somewhere where someone said, you know, true maturity of a man is, is when um, someone does you wrong and, and rather than um, pay them back or something like that, it was you take a deep breath and you walk away. You know, you choose your battles. You, you don't go and fight every battle. Um, you know, it, it, it's realising the depth of who you are. You know, you might not go into that battle because you've got kids to look after. You've got a wife looking for you at home. She doesn't want you coming home bloodied or, or emotionally bloodied. You know, you, 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 there are greater things in life. And, and sometimes these battles are just, um, they're not for you to fight. Hmm. We're, we're talking to men here and obviously we've talked a fair bit about what it is like for men to have had an absent father, but we're also talking to men who are married to women who have had absent fathers. And so, you know, I work quite a bit with, um, with, with men and teenage daughters. I've got a number of teenage daughters myself. As some of you listening now, I've got uh, seven daughters and a few of them are teenagers, a few of them are older than teenagers. And, um, and uh, I, I often use a quote in one of my courses from Dr. Linda Nelson, who's a psychology professor at Wake University, and she says this. She says that the women who grow up with meaningful, comfortable, conversational relationships with their dads make better choices in who they date, have sex with, and marry. And if you have a good relationship with your dad, then you're not desperate for male approval. You've already got it. If you're used to being well-treated by your father and you don't, ha- you don't have to be perfect for him to love you that is what you expect from other men and so often we find that um that that there's women who are in their 30s 40s 50s 60s who are trying to find an out for their fatherlessness as well how do men how do men who maybe are married to a woman who has not had a father around how does a man help his wife what uh what should he be doing if we've got any men listening who who are in that situation that's a fantastic question, Guy. Um, 
one of the things uh, before I dive into that one is that, that I will make point of is it's relatively common to find that women with father role issues will partner with a man who also has father issues and vice versa. And, and uh, that I, you know, I, I'm hopeful that in my analogy using the trees along the line, it wasn't about men just being physically mature. It was about men and women. Uh, I think I said in last week's interview that you know, this is not a male issue or a female issue. This is a human issue. Hmm. So, so if, if, if I was in that situation and I was dealing with, with my partner and, and, and someone I love that, that was showing these issues, uh, firstly, I'd look at myself. Is this mirroring myself? And, and do I have an issue? Because really, the first thing you can do as a, as a man is, is admit that, and this is the tough thing in our day and age, you know, it's tough for men to admit, oh, I need help. Yeah, that, that's one of the most mm. powerful and strengthful and truly masculine things you can do. Um, I, I, I think uh, I mentioned in, in our conversations before that in, in working with the father code, I thought I could take this to an end. And I quickly realized that this is far larger than what I can give. Um, I, I, I believe that I, you know, I, I'm certainly of value, but I'm not the answer. And I, I think in the future, the father code will take a direction that will be developed by far more people than just myself. In fact, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of people in the background now because the support I'm receiving in that, that nature is, is fantastic. So I'd come back to, to your question that I'd first look at me and go, well, do I have a slight issue here or, or do I have a father wound, you know, or um, in any way, shape or form? Because if I can, um, if, if I can sort myself out first, um, uh, you know, I can be the lighthouse and then the lighthouse doesn't go, it, it shines. And then that's the example. That could be the role for the father and, and for the man in this family to be the lighthouse, to be the best that he possibly can be for his wife, for his children. The example, um, again, going back to the, the neuroscience talk, we actually learn a lot of who we are and what we are by what's called mirror neurons. These are, these are neurons, elements within our brain, and that we can, we learn empathy. Typically, um, you actually ask one of the effects of, of, of fatherlessness. Um, typically, a, a, a male will learn empathy by watching his father, by observing his father. And so um, uh, when that image is not present, you'll find a lot of men can sometimes have an issue with empathy in their lives, empathy for themselves and empathy for others. And, um, uh, and so, you know, as a father in that role, um, if, if he's dealing with his wife in that regard or his partner, um, it, it's about not judging because remember the core issues that we're dealing with with fatherlessness are guilt and shame. So if someone's feeling guilty and shameful of themselves, mm. the, the one thing they like lights the answer to darkness and, and guilt and shame are certainly dark, dark uh, elements. And so, um, uh, you know, to, to be loving and light would be a, a key element there. Mm. 
Now, Jack, you regularly over the last 30 years have helped other people. You have small groups. And I asked you the question earlier, that what's a typical person who's suffering from father absence? What do they look like? Uh, I guess what I'd like you to maybe suggest to our listeners is what are the things that, that you believe you could inject into a group like that that would actually be therapeutic, that would actually, I mean, there, there is hope. I'm sure there is. So just to read. Absolutely. That, that is the fundamental message, hopefully, of this is that surely we've got to bring awareness of the issue. And, um, um, and so, look, I work off a platform that, that's been developed in partnership with a number of psychologists, some neuroscientists, some, some therapists and, and, and a whole raft of people. So I can't claim this, but um, I work off a platform I call ACE and it stands for Awareness, Connection and Environment. And so firstly, I, I believe any change has to be through awareness and knowledge. You don't have to have a PhD in this, but, but you do have to actually have a, a, a relative understanding of what's going on and why it's going on. And I think um, we can all relate. Everyone listening here can relate. Sometimes that there's been a time in your life where you're injured or hurt or upset or something like that. And, um, it's just not going right in your life. And then someone comes along and says, oh, of course you're feeling that way because of this is going on. You, you've, you've torn your hamstring or, or you're, you know, you're de dealing with an emotional thing. And just the fact that they go, oh, of course you're feeling like that because of this, you've got that awareness. Oh, I'm right to feel how I feel. And, and so that awareness is the first foundation, knowledge, sharing um, of information is, is really a, a great foundation because if you also understand the process and why it's happening, when the tough times come, you actually have a little bit more depth and, and, and can stay with it. The second element is connection and, and connection is fundamental. Um, and and I'm confident that through this um, these last, last week's interview and this interview, I'll, I'll consistently refer, refer to um, relationship with the self and with others because to me they're the same you, you know you, you can't respect others if you don't respect yourself you can't love someone else if you don't love yourself in a healthy natural way and so it's about connecting with yourself first and then being able to connect with others so it's a very safe element the first connection is with yourself in a very very safe and 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 very unique way. I'm very excited about a lot of the the the, um, the it's a combination of science and, and ancient wisdom that, that's brought into these. And then the third element to make it last because it's not about a quick change, and it's not about a, a change that oh yeah it works this week while I'm with Jack and then next week when he's gone it's not there. It's about creating an environment that that perpetuates and supports the change that you've developed. And so those three elements are the fundamentals of most of the work that I do now. And whether it's one-on-one -on -one with someone in a, in a physical group or in the online elements that I identified in last week's interview, that's really where we go. And you are, and able, to, Jack, you are able to deliver that in an online context? Absolutely. Um, with that, I'll, I'll qualify that with saying that, that if we look at people um, that are dealing with fatherlessness issues, and and if you could give me the, the freedom to, to say put that on a scale of people that have a very light issue 
and people who have a at the other end of the scale are really struggling and having serious issues. Uh, of course, the light and the middle end of that scale, they will work in that in this environment without doubt. The very heavy issues, um, they need they need help and they need counselling. And that's more a one-on-one -on -one situation. So um, uh, if someone is listening to this and they, they really feel they're at, the, they're at the very deep end of that scale, um, I would uh, encourage you to, to, to seek help. Um, there, there's some phenomenal people out there, but I, I'd, I'd look for professional support, even just someone just to talk to. So um, absolutely. So yeah, let me, We'll preference that, but the majority of people will, will fit in that middle to lower end group, and that's exactly what this is designed for. So, how are you able to help people listening here? What should they What should they do? Uh, look, if anyone's interested in in, in uh, being involved in this, I, I mentioned last week that I'm I'm launching a brand new group um, specifically on this. Um, it it's the first off group. I'll look to work with larger groups later on, but I have a very um, uh, specialised group that I'm looking for probably only about 10 people. Um, I want to make sure that it's red carpet treatment, that, that I'm not spread too thin and, 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 uh, and that I'm able to offer as much support as anyone would need. And so if anyone goes onto the Father Code website and just uh, enters their email address and um, uh, references uh, uh, real men 24/7. Um, I'll respond with anything they need in that regard, or I'm sure if they contact um, yourselves, that, that that you'll put them on to me as well. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is, I think, is that. Um, uh, so first of all, the we actually mentioned the website, so it's www.thefathercode.com. So uh, that's that's where you need to go to uh, to find Jack. But we'll also put. Um, put a page up for these two podcasts on Real Men 24-7 and we'll, we'll put a reference in there to, um, to, uh, to Jack and his website and, and, uh, and a way that you can, uh, you can get hold of him through that. So, Jack, you've been really generous in sharing this and obviously you've got a wealth of information that you've only just skimmed over the top of. But since we're running really to the end of this podcast, I wonder if you might just cheer us all up with a bit of a success story. What, what, what's some of the... <laughs> What's some of the, the yeah. stories you would give us to? Oh, look, that, that's a great way to finish, Chris. I, um, that's great. Um, and funnily enough, there's a tough one because there's so many people. I, I've That's why I do what I do because I, I've had so many people contact me. Um, probably one that comes to mind is, is a young boy, uh, 17. Um, uh, obviously, I won't mention any details. That's one thing that I'll always say with the Father Code. Anything that's done is in absolute strict confidence. So, mm. uh, But this boy was absolutely struggling. He, funnily enough, he reminded me of myself when I was uh, around that age and um, couldn't, was, was really having some, some serious issues in his life, um, uh, self-harm and, and, and a whole consequence of issues. And um, uh, I, I think for him that, that part of the, the biggest uh, element of it was that he it wasn't his fault and this isn't anyone's fault. You know, as, I, as we started, it's all about the culture. Um, it's all about the environment. And, and, it, and so the fact that, that just someone cared and, and that someone could show him that it wasn't anything that was his fault, 
in a matter of about three or four weeks, we, we just had that exact ACE formula. I, I, because I was just dealing with him one-on-one, I, I really accelerated it pretty quick. And he was a fantastic kid. So um, within about a month, within about a month, you can... The really turnaround was fantastic. Look, you, you could... The, the tone in his voice was, was notable. Um, uh, we did a couple of uh, video um, sessions as well, and his whole posture, he looked about six inches taller within two weeks. Um, and, and, you know, we, had, we both had a cry. Um, I was so proud of where he'd come um, to. And, and, um, and yeah, that, that's it's not typical, but it comes to mind straight up, you know, um, because most of the people here are, that are dealing with this, like me, we're, we're, we're people just trying to be the best that we can. And, um, and it's one person at a time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm introducing small groups, but you know, it's it's still you know uh, because then what happens, and this is my purpose here, is that that we we help, and and you know, hats off to to what you know, Guy and Chris, what you're doing with, with Real Men 24/7. I mean, you change one man's life that can affect. Um, you know, Chris, you, you're saying about your your, your um, uh, father, you know, three generations. How many people? That, that's his, his immediate family. But yeah. what about the ripple effect? The guy that he, he sits next to and just says mm. the right thing at the right time connects because he's made that change in his life. And that's yeah, it's like that iceberg I, I went through in last week. You know, the ones you can see are, are there, but yeah, the, the the real numbers are the ones that you don't see. And even and, if and that's what it's all about. And even if we're not struggling with fatherlessness, impacts of fatherlessness ourselves, I can bet that we know somebody who is and you know, greater yeah. understanding of it, that it's not just something that, oh, well, you know, mate, just, just toughen up, just get over it. You know, it's not something like that. We need to, we need to show empathy towards others because these are, these are real issues which really need to be talked about and dealt with. And look, you raised the point, Guy, it's not just we're talking real men, but a lot of these real men 24-7 have real wives that have this need. It's right across the family. Yep. Hey, Jack, it's been a real privilege to get to know you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for just being so generous with your time and your, your information. Uh, I know this is going to be a fantastic blessing to the guys mm-hmm. that tune into our program. Yeah, it's been awesome. really has. Thanks so much, Jack. Have you uh, got anything you want to... You want to do the close for us? Anything you want to say at the end here? Look, I, I suppose the the one thing I'll, I'll close with on a, on a positive note as well is that look, I'm very privileged. I, I have a, a network of people that that stretch around the globe, um, and the support that I'm finding these days to help me help others, and this interview in its of itself, what you're doing, um, Guy and Chris, and and with Real Men Twenty Four Seven. These networks exist. Mm. They're getting exposure. What the internet's providing right now mm. um, is mm. is allowing so much exposure for this that that it is getting better and stronger every day um, around mm. there. So there's plenty of support. If you're feeling anything, just reach out. There are people there if you want to reach out. So please yep. do. I implore you to. And, okay. and thank you both for, for giving me the opportunity to, to share with your audience. I really hope it's been... Um, of interest and, and of help. Sure has. Well, it has been, it's been awesome. And don't forget uh, thefathercode.com and also jump across to realmen247.org and find us on Facebook as well. 
we'd love to hear from you and to hear your story because we've all got a unique story and sometimes it's good just to share it. So we'd love to hear it. Drop us an email or, or get on to, to hold of Jack and, and send him an email. He'd love to hear your story as well. And thanks for listening. It's been great to have you. It's been great to have you, Jack. And once again, Chris. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. All right. And that's all for now. So bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.